Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of the Soul Creeks Podcast. Hosted by me, your host, E-Bell. Talking sneakers, talking fashion, talking pop culture, talking all that good stuff. We got a lot to get to today. Lots to get to. Um, fun fact. So, this episode will be live the same time as last week's episode that I recorded. I want to keep last week's episode up there, even though it's outdated, especially because I'm talking about NBA playoffs and stuff like that. I wanted to put that last episode up there because I really dropped some gems when it came to, you know, the original announcement of the Travis Scott SB currently recording again Friday, May 26, noon central time. And we got an update around that, but we'll get to that. Um, gonna talk NBA playoffs. Denver won, uh, beat the Lakers 4-0, swept them, got it, got the ass up out of there. Um, and then Boston is trying to be the first team to come back 3-0. Uh, you know, even though the Heat are a less talented team, I don't look at them kind of crazy if they let them come back 3-0. Like, you want, you did the impossible, you won three games in a row. Like, yeah, Boston's playing like shit, but they also, you know, we'll get into it. So, um, I have some thoughts on that. And then, uh, yeah, man, just going to go through all the things that are happening in the uh, in the sneaker world because we are a sneaker podcast. All right. So, let's start with the thing that actually got me out of off my couch in the middle of the workday has me recording, right? So scrolling Twitter and, you know, the thing about Elon's Twitter is the algorithm basically, basically, if there's any topic that you are interested in, it'll feed you that topic over and over and over and over and over again, right? When I was an intern for, uh, I'm assuming, a defunct social media uh, company, right? Their Twitter algorithm, because they were because they were running uh, they were running an algorithm for uh, executives in the uh, environmental industry and financial industry. And I would like basically retweet for these uh, retweet articles and content for these like executives with like some like were like a thousand followers, some 10,000 followers, some like a hundred thousand followers. Um, and I'm going into this detail because like, you know, the whole thing about Elon buying Twitter and stuff like that, like, you know, he had all these grand ideas and shit to use it and, weaponize it and so far it's been kind of a dud and while we're not a tech podcast and you know elon is on twitter for months now um i've never really publicly spoken about this on especially in podcast form right elon's twitter sucks man (laughs) it just does it just does and you know especially with this week with the desantis stuff um but how that personally affects me is going back to the algorithm, right? Anytime you just click on anything or you like retweet or, you know, start looking at content related to any subject, Elon's Twitter algorithm just feeds it, feeds it, feeds it. So like similar to the social media company that I work for, right? Their biggest issue with their algorithm was that you would be retweeting the same content over and over and over again. It was like a sick feedback loop. And you could say, yeah, Evan, why don't you just care about more shit? Well, I do. <laughs> the problem is, is my algorithm continuously 
feeds me less information about my friends and who I'm following and their shit that they're looking at and feeding me police body cam videos and uh, Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene tweets and, uh, you know, repeated uh, recycled sneaker content from like three days ago and sports news from not ESPN, not Bleacher Report, even though I did block Bleacher Report because I feel like they pan, I feel like they are toxic, but different story, right? They feed me NBA Central. They feed me. Uh, I blocked rap. I blocked all those like content aggregator pages. They're not owned by black people or ran by black people. They're commenting on culture and stuff like that. I blocked all those pages. And a new one pops up every day. And that's what the algorithm keeps feeding me. So, um, the only thing I've seen on my Twitter timeline today, besides police videos <laughs> and relationship topics, is this fucking Travis Scott restock. And I'm guessing the news broke about an hour, hour and a half ago, right? But it's just been like, is it, it was way too many tweets about it. Way too many tweets about it. And, you know, I was like, oh, this is an interesting topic. I'll have to keep this in mind when I decide to record, right? Which I was going to do later on today. The reason why I'm rushing to the mic now is there's a lot of activity around the resale aspect of this and how the price on the uh, resale apps have dropped for the Travis Scott SB, the OG one, the one um, with the bandana print. Uh, and I pulled my, I've been wearing mines recently, but I've just pulled mines out of the closet. Cause I was like, Hey, I already got a fucking pair. I don't need to, re- I don't need to hit the restock. Of course I would love to hit the restock because I do want to do the tear away. So definitely would love to hit on the restock so I can do the tear away with that. And, um, you know, experiment with it. Excuse me, but yeah, so the conversation is around how the shoe is dropping in price, which is so interesting to me because why do we care? Like, is sneakers just now like is the shoe going to resell? Yes or no. And if it does, how much is it going to resell for? Like, do people not care what we put on our feet? Like, is it just ex? This is an existential question that I'm asking. And I want whoever's listening to this, ask yourself that same question. Do we care about sneakers anymore? Do we, do we really? Because I'm not here to complain. I'm here to ask questions. Because all this all this announcement from this random fucker on, sorry, this random person on Twitter, random. They didn't even click on his profile. I was like, who are you? It's like tuxedo something. It's like you've been following me for a while. You've seen the hints that I've been dropping, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I mean, you know, congratulations. Maybe he had a beat on it. Okay. You know, no hate. But who are you? You're not. Do you work for the brand? Are you like Jeff Staple, Jeff Staples or something? Are you Joe LaPoma? Like, who are you? Like, no disrespect to the guy. I just who are you, bro? It just seems like not only do we not care about sneakers, but we got these people who you know i mean like i've been in the sneakers for a really long time i would never consider myself a, an influencer even if i were to get to a place where i had 10 20 30 40,000 people following me i would never consider myself an influencer at that point why because it's just my opinion at the end of the day i know people at the brands i ask them questions all the time some some things I can share that help drive insight for me 
in my opinions, other things, it's like, cool. But man, like my first question, existentially, do we care about sneakers? Because why the fuck do we care that the price of the SB is dropping? It is a crime that that shoe is a thousand dollars. It's a crime that shoes are mortgage payments. Shoes. I can understand for the high fashion, Dior, Gucci, you know, that type of place where they invest a little bit more, just a little bit, just a teensy bit more in the leather, but not really because they all kind of come from the same place, right? I can understand it from them and what they charge. There's just twelve, thirteen hundred dollars at retail. That's just what we expect, right? But Nike, but the, some of these SBs, some of these Jordans, some of these shoes on reset on resale are a stack. I'm like, damn, 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 damn. And people were genuinely upset that the shoe is restocking and it's the price is dropping. Who cares? We've already seen Nike do this with the Syracuse and Kentucky uh, dunks from 2020. They restocked on those. I remember the Kentucky dunks were $800, like before the restock. Kentucky dunks, you're lucky to get 200 for them. You're lucky, right? But I think, I think with that release, you know, and I don't know, I would have to do a little bit more research into it to figure it out, but... I think with that restock of those Kentucky Dunks, they made new pairs and the newer pairs are definitely different than the older pairs because I sold my Syracuse Dunks from 2020. The leather on that pair, fire. The 2022 pair, I haven't owned it, but, you know, 2021, 2022, that dunk quality was cheeks, ass, terrible, the worst, right? Especially the way it creased. All the defects and stuff that came with it, glue stains, the whole nine, right? So 50-50. I don't have, I still have Kentuckys from 2020 because those are the ones I bought. I spent 350 on Kentuckys. Or what? No. It was cheaper than that. I don't remember how much I spent. But yeah. So my next question. Why is Nike doing a restock of this shoe particularly? I just want to know the strategy, because if we're going to get restocks of certain shoes, I have a list. Would love a restock of cost for us. Would love a restock of off white Jordan one UNC's. If their game is to be like, okay, in our catalog, like our reserve, reserve catalog or uh, storage, we have 22,000 pairs of UNC ones that we never put out. We're just going to release them. Restock style, right? Exclusive access style. If that's the strategy, okay. I would question if I want to purchase that particular shoe, because I think I don't remember when UNC ones came out. The off white. I think it was 2018. I'm going to look it up real quick. Looking it up. I'm not trying to keep too much dead air. So I'm just going to talk. Off white UNC ones release. I think it was 2018. Yes, it was 2018. It was June 19, 2018. If those were released in 2023 and they were like the originals, like I would be concerned because the shelf life of those sneakers probably wouldn't be the same. Right? Because essentially... If you get a new pair of sneakers and you wear them and you take care of them, they can last anywhere between 
you know, if I mean, if you really take care of them, they can last like a really long time, like six, 10, 12 years, depending on the leather quality, depending on, you know, a bunch of different factors where you're storing it and stuff like that, how well you're taking care of it. You know, everything counts, right? Um, especially with shoes that have like that, uh, air bubble and zoom. And I know the Jordan one doesn't have the air bubble or zoom, but work with me here for a second, right? Those shoes kind of have a shorter shelf life. So Jordan fours kind of have a shorter shelf life, right? That bubble could burst on you in any moment. (laughs) Um, if it's like four or five years old, you know what I mean? So, uh, that, and ironically, fun fun story here. I think I've told this before on the old feed. I had a chance to buy Cause Fours and I uh, declined the opportunity because I was just afraid to invest that amount of money in a shoe that that the air bubble could burst anytime. You know what I mean? Like Cause came out, I think 2018, 2019, I think 2018, right? Or maybe even before that. It was in that time. It was in that time span. So in 2022, 2023, it was in 2022 when I had a chance to purchase. 2023, I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to invest the bread for it. Because it was getting it for a really good price. Like a really good price. And, you know, with the way I wear my sneakers, I wear them in seasons. I wear them in shifts. You know what I mean? Because I have so many. So... Having calls for sit in the box and are already five years old at least, maybe even six, right? The fact that they would sit in a box, man, and it would it just wouldn't be just wouldn't be worth it. So I declined the opportunity. My man's just like, Are you crazy? And I was like, I am a psychopath. But I'd rather put that money towards like a trophy room one or like, you know, like a, like a UNC one, like something where like, I don't have as much risk with the air bubble and I could do a soul swap. You could do also do a soul swap on the fours, I think, but I don't want to take that chance. And, you know, I don't know anybody that I trust to be able to execute that properly. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm questioning if, when if the quality is going to be the same because you know like i and i trust that nike has stored these pairs in a interesting conundrum contraption that keeps the shoes in a good quality maybe i don't know right but you had to wonder what the recent mold issues on newer pairs right especially coming out of the memphis uh storage facility right you gotta wonder if they have been taking care of the shoe properly or the stock properly you also gotta wonder if like when you're legit checking issues like obviously like you know i buy direct from nike i know they're legit i have a receipt whatever blah 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 right but now selling the shoe is going to be so much harder. So because, one, okay, let me not get sidetracked. One, if the new restock comes with a production date from the production date of the originals, right? Then my quality question comes into, into fruition, but also, right, you're going to need receipt to prove to sell these after the fact, right? You're just going to need it. But if the production date changes and you try to flip it through goat, you try to flip it through eBay, whatever, especially eBay, like people, they're, they're, they're going to probably reject it because they're one. I kind of think they have some bots checking these shoes sometimes, but also like the second thing being like some, Somebody, and I'm sure the sneaker people who are checking the shoes, they're like somewhat up to date or at least should be up to date on what's going on in the industry, right? Them checking the shoe, they're going to look at that production and they're going to flag it, immediately flag it, 
is immediately going to be a question. And immediately you may get your shoes sent back. Right? Trey Block, I feel the exact same way. You know? Any of these GOAT and StockX I feel confident with because they work with Nike directly. Right? And eBay to an extent too. But these other sites, nah. I don't feel confident about it at all. So it's going to fuck up the trade market with that. So with the price going down the way it's gone down, I think, look, if your plan was to make $1,000 or more on a Travis Scott SB, it's probably cooked. It's probably cooked, and you probably need to sell your pair in the next couple months. I honestly would be trying to sell that pair in the next two days. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm laughing because I went through this exact same thing when I tried to sell my Chicago, my 2015 Chicago ones. And I had not one, not two, not three, but four different shops in the Chicago area tell me they are not going to buy my 2015 Chicago Jordan ones because the lost and founds were coming out and that those may be of higher value than the 2015 Chicago Jordan ones Four resale shops told me that in some way, shape or form. They're like, oh, you'll have better luck, you know, selling it on eBay. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? Like, are you serious right now? Lower my volume a little bit because I'm peeking on the on the chart. <clears throat> so, yeah, if you are a reseller and you're listening to this podcast, or you are a, a collector or a casual, whatever, and you have a pair of Travis Scott SBs, sell those shits, and if you wanted to move them. This is it's get up or it's time to get up and do it or don't do anything at all. In other words, either sell the shoe in the next two days, two, three days max. Or wear the shoe. Not to say that the shoe is going to lose its value, but you're going to have a really, really hard time selling the shoe at peak price. Because people are just going to tell you and resale shops are just going to tell you that they're more likely to win a pair at retail. Excuse me. They're more likely somebody's more likely to win a pair at retail than drop a mortgage payment on a pair you've been selling for twenty two hundred dollars for eight months for uh, waiting to sell for a year now. Right. Sell your pair like immediately, like just trade it, trade it, do what you have to do. But I would sell your pair if you were planning on moving it. Otherwise, like wear it, bro. And for the resale shots, man, look, y'all got your strategy. Y'all got your business. I'm telling you as a consumer. I'm coming in and lowballing the shit out of y'all <laughs> on prices. Like you're just like you're just not gonna get me. like you're just not gonna get me because with the restock, if the restock is anything over ten thousand pairs, the ten thousand brand new pairs, quote unquote brand new pairs, come into the marketplace. At least, right? If it's over ten thousand pairs, I can almost guarantee you the price on the resale apps that you guys judge your business by sometimes is going to go down in value. So I'm going to end it here by saying this. I pulled out my Travis Scott dunks and I looked at him and I was looking at him again because I saw a picture. I was like, wait a second. Looked at mine. I was like, okay, I've been wearing mine. That's why it looks like this. I looked at mine and I said, well, I guess I can't move you guys anymore even if I wanted to. Right. Because I know I'm probably 
if I decided to sell my pair, I don't have the box anymore with that stuff, all the OG laces and stuff like that, but I don't have a box with it no more. If I decided to move my pair, my pair would probably max right now today fetch anywhere between 650 700 max right well wait i don't even know how much a size 13 is going for i may fetch a little bit more see i didn't want to check goat either because i know they already have already started to account for the price drop yeah so 13 is 2005 there are actually nobody, nobody's actually selling theirs. This one, for instance, is in consignment. There is nobody selling a used pair of Travis Scott in a 13. Yeah, so no box Travis Scott's. Um, yeah, these shits are going for uh, 1257 so maybe I may be able to get a little bit more. But if I wanted to make some money, I'm going to sell it for under a stack. But I'm not selling my pair, so. There's that. Looking at. Wow. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm definitely not selling my pair. <laughs> Yeah, the restock is going to bring these prices down, but I don't think the prices are going to go down as, as much as people think they are. But if you plan on making a stack or more or or trying to, some of these people who are selling their shits for 1307 brand new 11 and a half, 1422 brand brand new 11 and a half, 10 and a half, 7, 1178 brand new, lower your prices and you may you may make some money. You may make some money because the price is not going to go back. It's it's not going to go back up. It, if anything, it's going to level out where it's at now. Yeah, I'm looking at a used men's nine. Somebody's selling theirs with a, with original box damage nine fifty seven. Bro, lower yours to seven hundred. Your shit sells. All right, I spent a half hour talking about Travis. I'm over it. I am over it. The um, another p interesting piece happened this week. The Pine Green Forest restocked. I was at an event yesterday and I saw the Pine Green Forest in person. And I said, and I wanted to compliment the young woman that was wearing them, but you know, I never, I got distracted talking to somebody else, you know, I just kept it going. So, yeah. These, they really do look good in person, but I'm not, and I'm not saying I don't like them because that's cap. I definitely do like them. They look really good. Um, they look good in person. Um, they're not beating the small foot allegations <laughs> for sure. Uh, but anyway, the Pine Green Forest restocked on sneakers yesterday. May 25th for uh, exclusive access. So, you know, the rules, the rules were simple. I'm glad that Nike communicated it out early, right? You had to have bought, you had to have entered a raffle for an SB shoe and have also bought an SB product from Nike to have gotten exclusive access. Now, I'm not mad at it. Right. I've definitely entered for dunks. I've not bought an SB product. I do not buy SBs like that. So I'm glad that they like put the shoes in the hands of the people who actually consistently buy their product. And I'm sure there were people who were pleasant, pleasantly surprised that they got exclusive access. So congratulations to them. And I like the way that Nike handled that. Um. With that being said, I'm still not paying $500 for this shoe. Um, it's 400 at best. And I'm not even really going above that. I'm not saying the shoe's not worth it. I'm not saying that, um, 
you know, it's not going to get higher in price. I have just established a line in the sand and I'm no longer spending six, seven, eight hundred dollars on the sneaker um, that I'm only going to wear like seldomly. And it's a white shoe, so I can't really beat it up like that. Yeah, no. Um, let's go to what's been on the timeline this week. I've only seen pictures of the Palominos over and over and over again, and that's been really annoying. Um, like, like I'm happy that the Palominos are firing there. People are really rocking with them, but there's some really great heat coming out, like, in the next couple months and I feel like the focus should be on that rather than uh, a shoe that's not coming out to the fall um, UNC toe 1's already 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 people resellers have there was a quarter, there was apparently a stolen shipment and you know whoever got the stolen shipment moved those those units quickly because already UNC toe ones um in grade school sizes grade school three and a half yeah grade school sizes are out there for sale okay um I don't care for this shoe you know I feel like between the yellow toes and the green, the lucky greens that just came out, the UNC toes, right? Are we building up to a bread toe Jordan one re-release? And not, and I don't mean like a reimagine. Like, are we eventually going to get a bread toe Jordan one again? Because that's what I care about. I mean, I have plenty of Chicago colorways and stuff, and you know, all the other colorways have been nice. You know, no, no cap, but like. You know, they come out with so many different UNC versions of shoes now. Like, you know, like what's it's like DBZ. Like, are the movies canon or are they not canon? Right. Because sometimes the movies are and sometimes they're not. Right. Some of the, especially some of the older Dragon Ball movies. So is UNC toe canon? No. Because they, he didn't play in the shoe. Right. And there is no version of the shoe that at least I can think of off the top of my head. Right. Where he uh, wore it off the court or something like that. Right. So the shoe's clearly not canon. Bretto is. Eh, I'm not, not really. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I As far as me liking the shoe is cool. I'm not going to go buy it. <laughs> I'm just I'm not going to do that. Shout out Yaz, though. She's we were going back and forth about buying about uh, buying it or whatever. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. Wait a second. Of course, I'm on Complex's Complex Sneakers Instagram, and we got the first look of <laughs> we got the first look of the Travis Jordan Seven. I think it has a reverse swoosh on it. Okay, bro. All right, I'm not gonna get into this this week. I'll wait until the official or the Z Sneakerheads version drops. Um. Okay, so yeah, what else has been on the timeline? Puerto Rico, Puerto Rican uh, Pride is coming up soon, mid-June. Puerto Rican Festival in Chicago is always popping. Um, They have an Air Max coming out. Those look really good. Actually look really good. Air Max 1. What else? Um... Adidas confirmed to sell the remaining Yeezy inventory. I think I covered this on the last episode. It's going to go up. I can't remember, but I'll talk about it again. 
Um, all the Yeezy stuff is going live. Um, yeah, I did talk about this last week because of this head ass uh, comment from the uh, CEO. Yeah, this Azure slide actually looks really fire. The blue one looks really good. Um, I do not see myself wearing a bright blue slide. I really like the bone slide or the flax slide, whatever, whichever one. I do regret selling my foam runners. The foam runners were the most comfortable shoe ever. Ever, ever, ever. So I do regret selling those. But besides that, um, you know, if there were Yeezy products, I would go back and like repurchase right from my catalog <sighs> for the 80 billion time. I would love to buy another pair of wave runners, but like brand new, like DS DS wave runners. Uh, I feel like I would have to give us a, something of significant value to get it. Let me check. Uh, I'll go to open again. Let me see. Wave runner. Wave runners are $441. Are you kidding me? How much are they used? Oh man, these are beat beat though. A brand new pair of wave runners is four hundred dollars. I'm gonna have to take that. To be honest, I miss that shoe. High key, I miss wearing Adidas. Like, I wear way too much Nike, and I got some other stuff, and I got New Balances I wear too. I got a couple Saucony's, you know what I mean. But I miss wearing Adidas shoes. So I'll make that a mission of myself for me to buy. I gotta buy Vomeros. I gotta buy the Anthracite Vomeros. Right, that's on the list. But and a couple Jordan ones. But after that, like Jordan one was. But after that, you know, I gotta get it back into my ideas back. Like I need five pairs. Like at least five pairs, and I'm good. Okay. So yeah, but I won't be participating participating in this restock. Well, I could talk myself into some phone runners, but who knows? Um, we got Fear of God sample, Fear of God basketball samples. I think I complimented Jerry on one of these episodes. I can't remember. I take it back. <laughs> I take it back. They look good, man. I'm looking at this one Instagram comment, and this guy's like, ain't nobody wearing high tops for hooping. And that's just wrong. I think low cut, the, the low cut stuff is cool. I don't see this working as a performance basketball shoe. But so far, for what has been produced... We have only, he's only done one mold in the two years he was at Adidas. Seriously, bro. What, what, what is going on? Uh, okay, so Complex Sneakers Podcast is talking about should people wear fakes? Wear fakes or wear sneakers? I sigh. I did not listen to their episode. I've not listened to their podcast in a really long time. Not that I dislike those guys because I think they're smart people. I agree with some of the things that they do, but I also think, you know, corporate, I work in corporate, I understand. Right. This topic is so overblown, stupid, and un 
necessary. Of course, it is ridiculous that people are wearing fakes of high value shoes. Knowingly, keyword, keyword here that I should put and preface is knowingly wearing fufus. Because if you knowingly wearing fufus, and I know a guy that knowingly has like been like, oh man, I missed out on the sneaker drop. I'm gonna go to DHL game. I'm like, wait, what? You're joking, bro. I had to bully that man to not do that ever. I'm like, bro, you can't even stand next to me. But seriously, right? Nobody should be wearing fakes of rare sneakers. If you miss out on the sneaker, you missed out on it. Let it go. Move forward, right? Wearing fake fakes of anything knowingly is egregious and insanely insanely disrespectful to the designers right because the fakes are as aren't never as good as what we originally put out now my feelings aside from it right i understand why people would go buy fakes of these high value sneakers they want to look cool they want to feel cool right but they don't want to spend nine hundred thousand hours six hundred five hundred you know like that's a lot of money is a lot of money and some of these shoes are really expensive at retail and in the process to buy the shoes you know you got to jump through hoop after hoop after hoop and even then it's not a guarantee you're going to purchase the shoe i understand that right but you know some of these rare sneakers that we're talking about i'm talking like let's eliminate shoes that came out anywhere between 2017 and now right so that's a six, seven year span, right? Let's eliminate those sneakers, right? If you're wearing fakes of old shoes, like 2015, like 2015 De La Souls, you know, Jedi's and stuff like that, like seriously, just go on eBay and bid. Just go on eBay and bid because you just spent half of what it would take to win those shoes on bid on eBay or send somebody an offer. You never know if you really are pressed for the shoe that bad. But wearing fakes of rare sneakers. I mean, like, come on, bro. Come on. Right? Even some of the newer sneakers. Like, do I want trophy rooms in my closet? Yes. Am I going to pay $180 to DHgate or $220 to DHgate for them? No. For a fake pair, to be clear. No. Because I don't need them. And if I really decided that I need them, I'll save for them. I'll wait. They're going to be $2,000 forever. Real talk. Unless, you know, something happens to, you know, MJ, you know, knock on wood. Unless something happens, right? They're going to be $2,000 forever. So what does that mean? I'm going to save my money. It's not going to take me that long to stack up two Gs if I was really focused on it, right? Don't go out. Don't spend on bullshit sneaker drops and boom, two stacks. Then all of a sudden, go right to StockX, go right to go. Three weeks later, they're in my they're in my hands. It's a process, but you can get them. So I don't understand why anybody would need to purchase fake sneakers. It's just not worth it. Just not worth it. Never been worth it. Won't ever be worth it. That's my rant. That's my take. Time to move on to sports. So today, uh, New Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins was released from the Cardinals. They saying KC, Philly are interested. Saying Jets interested, saying a lot of folks interested. Look, DeAndre Hopkins, to me, you got two choices. <laughs> like, I think he wants to get paid and security and for the way the NFL players, really, all these athletes risk their body totally. You should go get paid. But I also think it's kind of perfect that 
like you could go play with Pat in Kansas City, like a dynamic quarterback like Pat, you know, like they talking about Cardarius Tony being their number one receiver. Uh, uh-uh, bump that. Right. They just drafted a rookie kind of plays like you too. like G KC is the way go play with the best quarterback in the league. Right. A lot of these dudes, they want to go play in Green Bay because it's Green Bay. Right. But Kansas City, at least it's like, you know, at least it's decent. It's better. It's much better than Green Bay. Never been. Well, no, I've, I've been to Green Bay. I've driven through it. So, yeah. NBA stuff real quick. Um, Denver swept the Lakers. And, of course, the discussion was not around Denver winning. Not around the fact that Jokic was unstoppable in the series for the most part. Except that one, I think it was game three. But he still finished with 24-8-9. Wasn't the fact that Jamal Jamal Murray was torching them boys. For three consecutive games. It wasn't. We didn't talk about that. Right. We didn't talk about the fact that. Austin Reed's about to get a hundred million dollars. For no reason. Right. I mean like he's a nice player. But he's not a hundred million dollars nice. Right. We didn't talk about AD. Being inconsistent on offense. But a demon on defense. We didn't talk about that. You know what we talked about. You know what ESPN went right to. Soon as they lost. Three cameras on Dolly following LeBron every step of the way. Right before he gets to the tunnel, then you had another guy pass baton, follows him through the tunnel. Then another guy follow him again as he's turning around that corner to walk through that long hallway into the Lakers locker room. And I was like, gee, first of all, let's go before that. LeBron just walked off the court. Come on, man. You better than that, bro. You just are. Like you, you're you're much better than that. On another podcast record, I had a really crazy take, but I was with my friends and you know, just doing shit for shits and giggles. But real talk, like LeBron, you're better than that, bro. You just are. You got four road. The team was much better. All the games were close, except I think game three, right? All the games were close, right? Like, LeBron, you put up 40, 10, and 9. You know, I won't go as far as to say it was your fault because it definitely wasn't your fault. But, man, like, man up. Seriously, take your loss like a G. Don't get on the podium and start talking about retirement. Why are you taking away the attention from the dudes who just won the Western Conference Championship? And are probably going to win the NBA Finals no matter who they play out of the East. They're smoking whoever out of the East. I think Miami has a better chance than the Celtics, personally, because Denver has the body to defend the Celtics. And Jokic is the premier advantage against Horford. There's nothing Horford is going to be able to do against Nikola Jokic. There's nothing he's going to be able to do. Nothing. We get LeBron retirement talk while the Nuggets were the people who won. We keep talking about the Lakers. I'm talking about the Lakers right now. Instead of the fact that the Denver Nuggets, number one seed, best team all year. And we're talking about Bron. Look, I in the last episode, uh, well, again, I'll put up with this one. Talk about LeBron's sneaker legacy, right? And I said, you know, if he makes it to the NBA Finals, right? You know, we're going to be able to have a real discussion like the colorways and, you know, like really tell a story. But if he loses, right? And here's the thing I've been telling all my friends, and I don't think this is a hot take, but I'm going to just give it to y'all straight. 
He only put the retirement talk out there for two reasons. One, to leverage the Lakers. But the Lakers are extremely leveraged. They have no draft picks, right? They have to gut the team they just built around him to bring in Kyrie and hope some of these Minimum guys are going to be like, yeah, I'll live in sunny L.A. and play for the Lakers. Meanwhile, taking hits from the fans and the media because I can't hit two corner threes in a game. Yeah, a bunch of NBA players want to sign up for that. He's not even the best chance to win a ring in a conference anymore. Or. It was number two. It was to steal the attention away from Jokic, which, duh, that's what he was doing. But here's my hot take. My hot take is there are going to be prepping. If you know, if you guys notice, there were cameras around LeBron, right? I think he's doing some type of documentary. I can't remember what it was, but there were cameras around LeBron, right? ESPN was shooting a lot of footage, bro. I think that. This summer, especially with the quote that came out today that LeBron James is not retiring and he plans to, quote unquote, fulfill his contract with the Lakers. Right. That typically LeBron speak means he's going to be a free agent. But which who's paying for a 40 year old Bron? Right. Especially after next season, who's paying for a 40-year-old Bron? Even if his plan was to play in the league with Bronny and Bronny had to have a sensational college season. Who's playing? Who's paying a forty-year-old Bron? Is forty-year-old Bron putting people in the seats? Yes, but like, how many of his fans are going to want to ultimately watch the same demise that Jordan had, playing too long, right? Not having the same athleticism and lift, right? So, you know, we'll see. I, I mean, I've doubted LeBron a couple times before, and obviously, he's proven wrong. So, you know. I didn't even give you guys my hot take. I keep spinning. <laughs> my hot take is this. The summertime, he's going to recharge. He's going to recuperate, right? They're going to be coming up with two different plans. His team, his his team, his, uh, you know, his Nike people, all this stuff, right? They're going to be coming up with this magical plan, right? I've told people that the NBA is going to announce Right. I think they're going to announce the expansion teams for uh, especially with this new CBA being ratified, being ratified this summer. They're going to announce the expansion teams locations. One's going to be in Las Vegas. The everybody's saying Seattle, but, you know, it could be a different location. But I'm thinking it's probably going to be Seattle, too. Right. They're going to ratify those two teams. If that announcement comes out this summer, I guarantee you LeBron tires, retires next year because LeBron is going to be the face of the Vegas franchise, not as a player, as an owner. He's going to be the face of it, right? Spring Hill sold their stake in Liverpool, right? They've divested in other places to pull the money together to be able to purchase an NBA team because that Las Vegas team is going to sell for it. The Suns went for four Forgot how much the Suns went for. It was around four billion, five billion, right? They are going to be the a Vegas team with the sports book money and all that other stuff. Oh my God, that that's just gonna be like seven, eight. Spring Hill sold their stake in Liverpool a couple of years ago, right? And I think they're trying to uh, not. I keep saying Spring Hill. That's his company. I mean. Um, Fenway Sports Group, right? They're trying to liquidate and get the cash on hand to be able to make the purchase for the Las Vegas team. Well, LeBron is their partner and frontrunner, right? If that get announced this summer, he's retiring next year. Not only is he retiring next year, obviously every away game he plays, he's going to try to play all 82. So regardless of the Lakers record, he's going to try to play all 82, Right? And he is going to have this commercial from Nike. And that's like, you know, been playing in the league 20, 21 years. I'm going to year 21. And my God, it's been a roller coaster. 
I'm training the swimmer pole to getting championship, taking Cleveland to his first championship. Here is my legacy, right? That's going to be his pitch. That's going to be his thing. I would say we're going to get a lot of year 20 LeBron releases next year. And yeah, so there's going to be a whole thing around that. And it's going to be perfect because with the broadcasting rights coming up and stuff like that, I know with ESPN or Disney and, you know, Turner, whoever, if they're aware that LeBron's going to be retiring next year, they're definitely going to want to have, it's definitely going to make the NBA rights even juicier. Because to have that final LeBron season, and, and we're going to see the Lakers good, bad, or indifferent on all of the uh, all of the national TV games next year, right? It's going to be something. It's going to be a, an epic shit show. But I don't appreciate the fact that, and not that my opinion matters on this particular topic, but I don't appreciate the fact that LeBron pushed all that attention on him, knowing damn well he wasn't going to retire. Motherfucker was gauging. <laughs> gauging and also, like, wanting the attention. Anyway, I got to I gotta go in a bit. So let's talk about the Heat Celtics series real quick. When I recorded my last episode, the Heat were up, I think, 2-0. Then they went up 3-0. And I was like, oh, people were like, oh, the Heat about to sweep them. And I was like, no, they're not. Like, in my mind, I wanted them to get swept. Like, I wanted the Celtics to get swept. But I was pretty confident that they were not going to get swept. Uh, I thought it was going to be a gentleman sweep at best. Of course, game four to come out Tuesday night, kick their ass, right? Um, in the second half, at least, they started smacking a bunch of threes. Miami was up, but it didn't matter because Boston got hot, you know, uh, and they couldn't keep up because they don't have shooters. Then Gabe Vincent rolls his ankle, right? Gets announced that Gabe Vincent is out, right? Then the Celtics kick their ass in game five, right? Here's the thing. In the second half, apparently they played Alice Highsmith had a good second half, whatever. And that's going to be Miami's big adjustment going into game six at uh, their arena. Right. I think Miami closes it out tomorrow. I don't think the Celtics come back from 3-2 or 3-0. I don't think they come back. You don't jack three games. And then win four games in a row. I don't care what the talent level is. I just don't care. Like, you don't get to get, excuse me, you don't get to take off three games in a row, right? As talented as they are, there has to be consequences for that. And consequences, the consequence can't be, oh, we lose the NBA finals 4-1 or 4-2 in consecutive years to a better Western Conference team. No. That cannot be the result for inconsistent, turbulent play by both Brown and Tatum, right? Brown is getting a lot of crap from the Celtics fans, but man, Tatum has played horrible too. And Marcus Smart is doing Marcus Smart things and jacking up shots and like not playing in the flow of the offense. When they play well is when Marcus Smart is just playing defense, taking open shots, creating off the bounce, you know what I mean? Like, and like, you know, just like playing within the rhythm when he tries to be like, I'm a, I'm a take it. I'm a take care of this. Cause Taylor don't got it. Right. And just starts putting up a bunch of crazy shots. I know I sound like a ESPN dude right now, but for real, like that's really how it is. Like, especially in that Philly series. Oh my God. He shot them out of some games. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think that he closed out. I don't know that Jimmy Butler has like a 40 point game six. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but I don't think he does. I think Jimmy Butler has a very pedestrian 25, eight and six and bam fucking shows up on the offensive side. Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson hits some threes. Alex Highsmith is a defensive demon and that's it. 
Kevin Love with some timely charges on Tatum to get his ass in foul trouble, right? I don't think that this is where they lose. And even if they lose in game six, right, how poetic would it be that the Heat, who lost on their home floor last year on the last second miss by Jimmy Butler because he jacked up a shot for no reason whatsoever, that the Celtics are in that exact same situation, and Tatum jacks up a shot for no reason whatsoever. How poetic would that be? But I don't think that happens. I think the Heat know that they have to. They have to close them out tonight, right? The win was built in on game four. On game five, they had momentum and it killed the ass. Game six, <clears throat> it's a new series now. All they have to do is win one. The Celtics have to win two. You can beat the Celtics. They can beat the Celtics one out of three games, right? New series now. So that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, Did I hit all the sports topics that I needed to hit? Rest in peace, Tina Turner. Real talk. Um, I don't like the way that people are talking about her in uh, I don't like the way people are talking about her so I'm hoping that uh, I'm I'm hoping that she rests in peace I hope that her family you know finds um, peace you know post her life you know but re- definitely rest in peace I'm sorry, there's a lot of dead air there. Um, Talk through some tech things. One thing I do want to discuss real quick, because I don't get a place to, I don't get a chance to really talk about this anywhere else. There, in in the last 10, 10, 15 years, some of these older legacy companies have done brand branding redesigns right it happens keep the brand fresh you know drop a new product all par for the course Warner Brothers Discovery the new company that just formed because Discovery was its own company Warner Brothers about them whatever right who also owned AT&T and Time Warner look the one thing that you guys did not have to do was touch HBO Max. There were a lot of things that needed to be fixed with HBO Max. One of the things that needed to be fixed with HBO Max was the content library design. I could call that out. The actual tech behind it with some shows loading and not loading. Definitely. Definitely could be fixed but here is where we fall off the rails one thing you didn't need to do was redesign the entire app and then the app be utter garbage the iphone app is garbage the apple tv app is garbage i haven't downloaded it on my uh samsung phone yet but i, I doubt i will Maybe I works. I think I have OG HBO Max on there. Trash. Trash, 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 trash. Like, in 2023, having a working app, whatever the functionality is, is the bare minimum. If you're going to have an app, an app design is really hard, right? But the core functionality and technical functions of it, while that's that can be difficult depending on the amount of features and you know, the different queries and things that you need to run. It actually isn't to play press pause like that is basic unpatented 
technology that multiple streaming services use, multiple streaming services use, right? HBO Max or the Max app, whatever. I'm still going to call it HBO Max. That shit is disgustingly horrible, disgustingly horrible. And to the executive that felt like they needed to come in and make a shockwave and like, I'm going to redesign this app because the OG app sucks. But did you have to come out with a new brand new app that's worse than the OG app? I mean, God. Like, take me back to the days of HBO show and HBO go. Right. Both of those apps were functional. They weren't the best from a design perspective, but they were functional. They worked, right? If you didn't want the full HBO package, you could pay for HBO Go and still get some of the HBO shows that you cared about. If you wanted all HBO Game of Thrones, all that good shit, you pay for HBO Show. Did they need two apps? No. Could they have done a tier-based thing where certain members get access to this content and other members get access to that content based on stuff? Yeah, but dog, seriously, to go from the HBO Max app to this app is even fucking worse. And on top of that, on top of that, your 4K streaming library, which I don't really give a shit about. But dang, bro, I mean, that shit sucks, too. How, how, how in the era where. Amazon and Apple and Netflix have all figured out 4K streaming. They just offer it to you knowing it's not going to actually happen. You can't actually stream in 4K. The content from the servers may be coming out in 4K, but unless you have a 4K TV and an internet connection that can handle 4K streaming, which not a lot of internet connections do, right? Got to get the Wi-Fi 6 or the 6E, whatever. Unless you have that, you're not actually getting 4K. You're getting 1440p at the most. Higher than 1080, but still not true 4K. They couldn't even give us that, bro. Like, come on, man. All right, I got to go. I'm, I'm lingering. I got something to do in the next five minutes. You can follow me on Instagram at SoulCritics. That's S-O-L. I'm sorry. You can follow the pod on Instagram at Soul Critics, that's S-O-L-E Critics. Um, you can also follow me directly at Evan.Creates on Instagram. That is Evan.Creates. Um, <clears throat> a lot of my photography stuff is on there, but, you know, like, I also, obviously, I'm doing a podcast now, so, multiple podcasts now, so, you know, I'll be posting about that stuff on the feed eventually, but more like that, I'm starting. Anyway, um, uh, Special thanks to you guys. Please start giving uh, Spotify ratings, Apple ratings, Google ratings, so like I can, um, you know, see where I need to improve and you know make this a better overall experience. I do not foresee myself getting a co-host on this thing anytime soon. I'm enjoying the solo podcasting. I'm enjoying the fact that it's just me and I can get this done in under an hour, an hour and a half most um yeah so peace love